Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Charging Status, the EV podcast brought to you by Crosswires and the Interface. It is Wednesday, the 30th of November 2022, and we're looking back at everything, well, I say everything, a lot of stuff that happened since we last recorded. Alex, you've um, you filled my show notes this week, mate. What's going on? <laughs> every every uh, every month, I'm always worried. Oh, is there going to be enough stuff? And there always is way too much stuff uh, that happens. You're never too sure if there's going to be enough news to fill a, a show, but there's way more, <laughs> way more that we need. There is, and it's it's a good thing. One thing that we, we sort of said pre-show this this month is very comparatively very little charging news. We're very vehicle focused this this month. Yeah, even in the combustion world, there's a lot of new cars being launched. Even before, even we were like a month away from Christmas, it's still the, there seems to be a lot of cars going on sale, launching, being announced. That seven never seems to stop. But there's a lot of there's a lot of new stuff, uh, a lot of new vehicles, and yeah, awesome. How are you? By the way, I should have been a bit more courteous. How how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good. How are you doing? Do you know what? I'm all right. We we both got coffee. It's it's an acceptable time of day to be podcasting. You know, it's it's okay. Before we get into things, two things. First of all, we have a shiny new website, sort of. We actually now own chargingstatus.net, and if you go there, you will be taken to Charging Status's very own page on the brand new Crosswire site. And as promised, we now have a dedicated feed for this show. So if you're genuinely not interested in any other Crosswise content, if you are an interface fanboy or fangirl exclusively, that's the only place you want to get your media from, you can find us now in all the good podcast directories, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere that you would find your podcasts. We've tried to submit charging status to a huge thanks to my crosswise co-host and co-producer jay for actually doing all of the work to get those submitted um alex how are you liking our new home it's great the website looks amazing um for how fast you guys turned it around it, it yeah it works great uh, uh it's quite nice to have a, an actual dedicated page for the for the for the show so yeah it's good Awesome. And, uh, yeah, um, we, <laughs> as J- Jay sat backstage or listening and watching, she does remind me that she- we accidentally launched earlier than planned because somebody, namely Jay, redirected the feeds 48 hours early. So we kind of had to launch the site because we'd started redirecting all the main feeds. So, um, if folks do have any problems with the feeds, do let us know, uh, podcast at chargingstatus.net. But the second thing is, I don't. We debated whether or not we're going to talk about this, didn't we, um, Alex? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, it's just to do with this is to do with Tesla, isn't it? So, well, Tesla's leader, Elon Musk. Mm. I, I mean, look, we aren't. This isn't a, really a tech podcast. We are an EV first podcast, but because we're going to be talking about Tesla, I mean, I I personally think we at least need to mention the fact that. There's a good chance Twitter is not going to be here by the time we next record the show, or even by the time this episode comes out. The question I wanted to ask you, Alex, from a from a journalist point of view and from an EV point of view, do you think it's fair that that we should almost disconnect Tesla from what's going on with Musk at Twitter? They are two separate things. I mean. I know there's been some questions about his leadership at Tesla at times, but I, I really want to know your your take on this before we start into the actual um, car news. For what I've seen on Twitter and things, it, it it is a little bit separate. I think as as he's as Elon's moved to other things apart, like from from Tesla, like he was really focused on pro. It seems to be a little, a little bit of disconnect between him and him and Tesla. Maybe I mean he isn't the only person that that runs that place. Uh, there are actual people that are there doing very good work uh, so it's not just it isn't just him that's that's doing it all so I, th- I think it's i think it's fair to to offer a little bit of disconnect between the two mm-hmm. um there's still there's still some great stuff that tesla's doing at the moment their charger network is expanding to uh, third-party evs there's yeah there's new software features all, all the time so yeah i think i think so I think I would. I think I would uh, agree with that. But you know, Tesla is still doing some great. I was listening to another podcast, like ATP Accidental Tech Podcast, and I think it was Casey said uh, he's getting rid of his Tesla. He doesn't want another Tesla because Musk. I thought 
that's a little bit... I, I don't think I agree with that one. That said, let's see what happens. He could start bringing blue badges to Teslas. Well, one thing I did see is that uh, Twitter on the App Store, that there's a good chance it could get pulled from the App Store. Yes. And other people have said he needs to watch what he's doing because there's a chance... I'm not sure what actually happened, but the Tesla app could get pulled, for example, if it does something stupid. So I'm not really sure that that could happen. It'd be a bit a shame if someone's car could have reduced functionality because of his actions elsewhere. Um, but I don't think that'll happen. But And I wouldn't support Apple pulling, or Google pulling the Tesla app, because the offending app is Twitter. Yeah. Hopefully, first of all, hopefully they are under, well, they will more than likely be under separate developer IDs for a start. They are, so, yeah. Okay, so it should not happen, because there's, because even if Apple bans Twitter's developer account, which has happened before with Epic, Epic's uh, developer account got banned, even if they do that, it won't affect Tesla, and Tesla is not... You know, unless Musk starts adding Twitter features to the Tesla app, like, you know, uh, get Donald Trump's Twitter profile on your Tesla, I think he'll be fine within App Store rules. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. However, however, um, looking at our show notes, Tesla are not exactly, I don't know, they're having a few, um, shall we say, recall issues. Yeah. So when Tesla does recalls, generally they're, they are so. I don't think the recall process in the in the US is extended to software based cars like Tesla's are. So these are actually recalls, but they don't. No one needs to take them anywhere. Oh, they're all software based, so which is interesting. Uh, so Tesla have recalled thirty thousand Model X uh, cars due to faulty airbags. So this is just. A, it seems like a sensor issue. So the the airbags could deploy in certain collisions that are low speed when you wouldn't need an airbag. So Tesla are going to fix that over the air to effective vehicles. So it's more like a sensor issue, maybe. That makes sense, yeah, because, of course, you know, that sort of deployment will be, from a technical standpoint, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm guessing accelerometer-based. I don't, you know, I don't know what traditional cars, combustion, non-software cars would do. I'd imagine they have more of an impact. Yeah. But I would imagine... EVs and particular things that are very software heavy will be using, as you said, a bunch of sensors. Mm-hmm. But that's in- I hadn't realised that these aren't like you need to bring it back to the service centre. It's more, hey, we need to issue these thirty thousand Model Xs a software fix. It's quite good that they can do that from from anywhere. So it just saves some cash, or just saves people's hassle. They don't have to do it. Just it sits outside charging. It's it's sorted. So quite good. That's pretty cool. Do you have to leave it like an Apple Watch? Do you have to leave a Tesla on its charger? Don't unplug it. Leave it, you know, connected to your Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's another recall. There's a power steering issue on the Model S and Model X. Earlier this month, they re- recalled forty thousand units. Again, software based. It was du- due to so if you're driving along the road and the car detects that you're steering off, you'll steer back on the right road. Uh, so the software the software in the car could detect a pothole. And then, well, if you went over a pole, it would detect it and then think that was you steering off. So then it would um, put extra torque in the steering wheel and then cause a cr- it could cause a crash. So they've they fixed that issue again via software issue. So a uh, software update. Sorry. And this is sort of the the lane guidance type thing we're talking mm. about. Like, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I can see how a pothole could cause some confusion. Of course, potholes being definitely not a uniquely British problem, but I think it's <laughs> fair to say that potholes are part of British driving life. I, I, as many of you know, I don't drive, but I certainly see here in Bournemouth, at least, uh, the clear evidence that Bournemouth Christchurch and Pool Council, BCP Council, do not spend money fixing potholes. They spend money on far different things. <laughs> So we've got a little bit more Tesla stuff. We've got, this was only a few days ago. So according to Reuters, I don't know where they got the information from, but Tesla is reported to be redesigning the Model 3 in order to cut production costs. So uh, Model 3 has been out for a while. 2017, it was launched. And apparently, starting in Q3 2023, Tesla are going to launch a, a revamped version of Model 3 that's going to have some cost savings in the interior and exterior. So at the moment, Tesla are currently making a $9,500 profit on every uh, car it makes. They aren't too sure if that is going to come down to the customer cost uh, cost savings as well, but we shall see. Yeah, so when the Tesla Model 3 was announced, it was supposed to be a $35,000 car. Um, and in pounds, at least, it's forty eight grand at the moment. So um, 
it's nowhere near its uh, target price. That's a shame because it is. Look, you know, I've got a friend who's got a Model Three and he loves it, but again, at that price point, it's not. I think it's fair to say that currently no Tesla is in me easily affordable space so because he that's the cheapest yeah model at the moment isn't yeah. it yeah uh there's also some other good news the tesla model y uh in september this year uh so the the stats came out a bit later that's why we didn't cover it earlier uh it was the best-selling car in europe in september oh wow so in september i think we discussed it last episode it's usually the month that everyone registers cars i think that's the case in in europe as well um but there was nearly thirty thousand cars registered and that's up by 227 percent since 2021 uh so they've had a massive amount of growth and they for the first time they've sold more than the peugeot 208 and the Dacia sondero which is because uh, they're they're significantly cheaper so <laughs> sorry every time you say Dacia sondero yeah i know, yeah, I know, you know I exactly know. What, yeah <laughs> good news everybody <laughs> sorry for our i was gonna say for our non-uk audience or those who maybe don't watch old top gear before it became rubbish that's a james may joke anyway all right we've got so much so many cool cars i i do genuine aside do you think at some point that shows like top gear and the grand tour are gonna really have to start focusing more on evs and stop be certainly for the clarkson crew stop being as how should we say it um ev phobic yeah maybe um so fifth gear they've already got and i'm not sure what it's called but they're just fifth gear as we, as we know it now is just ev going forward oh okay i think it's announced two or three years ago i think they started doing it so that show is on channel five or yes it's a channel it's that's kind of a whole joke is it's it's called it when it launched it's called fifth gear um you know, I think one of the, I think Clarkson even made a joke. Someone said, oh, you know, go up it in fifth gear. And he said, oh, I prefer top gear anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's just an EV show now. So um, I think they got, I think Roy Reed is on that show from, used to be on Top Gear um, and some other journalists. So, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that there is already one car show that's, that's going EV. A lot, there's a lot of YouTube channels out there that are EV only as well. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, top Gear, the new one, they are covering some EVs. Uh, I think the Earth series just, just gone there were some evs on there i think maybe as we maybe as we go forward but at the moment part of the appeal is buying old cheap cars and doing things with them so there isn't really any cheap evs so no that's true (laughs) maybe in the future yeah maybe uh, anyway let's let's keep going because we've got a lot to go through yeah so in the peterson museum in los angeles uh, so some us stuff now uh tesla have put a load of prototypes in a in a in a museum so so when the Model 3 was originally announced, there was like this very cool silver-looking model that had some elements on it that we've not seen before. That's in the museum. Uh, some special edition quad bikes and prototypes from the years gone by that are in that museum. So people can go and have a look at that. It opened about 10 days ago on the 20th of November. Yeah, if, you, if you're in the area, go and have a look. There's some, there's some quite cool stuff in there. So Awesome. So yeah, if you're, if you're in the area, go and check that out. That's really cool. So yeah, we've done the Tesla news. Uh, oh yeah, this was this was quite cool. I, I like the look of this car. I'm not sure if we covered it on the show yet, but the Fiat have got an electric version of the 500. I don't think we have. No. So this, I, I've, I know what you're referring to, and wow, this is going to be cool. Yeah. So a Bath is like a like a sub brand of Fiat, or it's part of the Stellantis group, and they've always taken Fiat 500s and Puntos, whatever, and made them more sporty. So they've done the same with the 500e. So it looks a lot more mean. Uh, the 500E looks quite cutesy and quite friendly. Uh, this one looks a bit more mean. Uh, the headlights aren't aren't that round shape. They've got like, eyebrows. <laughs> um, but what's quite interesting is this has got a sound generator. So a bass have always had a quite a unique sound um, yes. from their engine, and this is this is going to pump sound out outside and inside. So if you're driving past, people are going to hear you driving past <laughs> uh, with the with the sound of the engine. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, it's got a bit more power, a little bit less range, because what what, Fiat, what uh, Bath have done, they've just pumped more power out of the electric motors, and they're, they're, you get a little bit less range. Uh, so it's more like a hot hatch EV, which is quite cool. The interior is like darker, it's got leather inside. I watched a few videos already. It looks quite cool. Uh, the 500E is already quite well well reviewed anyway. It's quite a premium premium car. This would be quite quite cool. And the, the uh, header image is this bright yellow uh, like neon neon yellow uh, car so it looks quite looks quite nice 
but they're definitely going with the whole concept of, you know, electricity colours, aren't they, in some, some of these? I know. It's like, yeah. Well, but Bath have got a new logo as well. Their, their logo is they're still that Scorpion, but it's now got a lightning bolt through it. So that's Ooh. their that's their new logo. So I don't know if they're going to make EVs only going forward. Well, they haven't really said anything, but... I mean, it does make some sense to do that, given that, you know, we are heading towards a combustion car ban. It makes sense for these performance companies to start retooling for EV production because, you know, the people who can afford an bar for, oh, what's the, is it Alpine? BMW have a sub brand as well. Um, and I, yes. I don't quite understand the history of all these. I don't know if they were always sub brands or if they were companies that got brought, you know, bought into the groups. I think that might be the case with Abarth. I think Abarth were a separate company originally. Yeah, Abarth were. Abarth have always been a separate company that did things for Fiat. Right. And eventually, at some point, the FCA group, which is now Stellantis, bought bought them and brought them in-house. They, we'll get a bit off topic, but the the um, BMW Alpine, that's always been a third-party company that did tuning uh, versions of BMW, so sort of like an unapproved, kind of approved thing. Uh, but recently, I think the last year, Al- uh, BMW bought them, which is quite a big, a big, big purchase from what I remember. Yeah, you've got like M versions of BMWs and also got Alpine, Alpine. So yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, but I, I, my point being, I think if if you are you know in that space, you are probably going to target your production towards people who can afford those cars because they're expensive anyway. Well, why not make them EVs? Because the people who can afford an Abarth can afford an EV, and actually will probably be wanting an EV version. I'd imagine it is that you know that more wealthy client who's driving the demand mm. there. Because um, I mean, I from a car point of view, my friend has. I'm not sure what how old it is. I, I really should check. She has a, a a lovely little Fiat 500. Been driven around in that so many times. <laughs> it's it's a lovely car. It's a great small car. It's a bit of a challenge to get into if you, you know, if there's a few of you, but it's a nice car. So, uh, you know. Yeah. So at the moment, the 500 e is about 30k on the road. And then the Abarth is going to be more than that. Uh, they haven't said how much it'll be, but deliveries in the UK will be from June next year. So quite cool. Cool. Uh, just out of in- interest, what's the, the base range on the 500 e just so we've got a frame of reference? Yeah. It's, so it's pretty much the same as the, the Fiat 500 base. So you get, Obviously, they get the darker interior with all leather and Alcantara. Oh, no, sorry, I mean the get- range, as in the EV range. Oh, not- sorry, yeah. Uh, it's about 140. Okay, so again, not not terrible, not not brilliant, not terrible. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, there is a range-saving mode on the Fiat version called Sherpa. Uh, so it's sort of, <laughs> they've got rid of that, so. <laughs> good, good. That's a terrible name. <laughs> they've got all rid right. of that on the, on the Abarth version, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's some other stuff. Uh, this is going to be quite interesting. So in the UK, at the moment, uh, there's no road tax if you have an EV. Oh, uh, so you don't pay any. You don't pay any road tax. But as of next year, no, sorry, as of 2025, um, the government has said electric car drivers will, will be required to pay road tax from 2025. So this was on the 17th of November. The Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has mentioned that this change will make the road tax system fairer than it is now. For a long time, owners of electric vehicles have been exempt from paying vehicle road tax, which is currently £165 a year. Uh, and the original idea back in 2010, uh, that when the first popular EVs came out, that this was going to encourage people to buy an EV because it was free. Right. However, there are now over half a million EVs on the road, and then by 2025, we're going to probably have way over a million. So it's now going to people with EVs are now going to have to pay. I spoke to someone on my podcast, The Creative Spotlight, and he was he he actually is saying I didn't realise this. Uh, this is this is um, going to be based on how much the car costs. So at the moment, with standard cars, it's based on how much CO2 it pumps out. The more you pay more for cars that pump more CO2 out, this is now going to be a, a tax on how much you've paid for your car. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure the exact details, um, but I, I have, to, have to get. To, there's not much information yet. That is that is what it's going to be, unfortunately. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. If he's talking about making it fairer, okay, yeah, the rich pay more. Fine. Although that's not necessarily. Ooh, I have thought of something there. That's not necessarily true because what about company cars? I don't know whether or not if you have a company car. 
who's responsible for the road tax? Is that you or is that the company? Uh, it depends on the agreement, I suppose. Um, yeah. If folks, yeah. if folks know, if folks have company cars and they know what the road tax situation is, liability-wise, please do email us, uh, podcast at chargingstatus.net. But it just seems, it, if road tax is meant to be about, you know, emissions and meant to be about, about you know, that, then... Why is it not just a EV rate? Yeah, because they could say it says one hundred and sixty-five now uh, pounds now, which I think you said it is. That's probably going to end up going up, given everything our current our current government just yeah the cost of living crisis. Won't go into it too much, but why not say okay, a hundred pounds a year for EVs because you are contributing less to the pollution. Yeah. It still encourages EV buying because you get discounted road tax, but it still adds stuff into the into the you know the treasury. Yeah. It's bizarre. It might to be honest, uh things will probably change between now and twenty twenty five anyway. Well don't we have an election at some point? I've no idea. I, 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 yeah, I, I think we have a general election before then, or we should do. So let let's see what. And it is look, it's a concern. It's a Tory government, Alex. Policies are going to change by tomorrow. Never mind by twenty twenty five. Ah dear. Yeah. All right. All right. Lost track. <laughs> While we're getting on sort of taxes and things, so a few days ago, the current mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has confirmed. That starting in August 2023, the ULEZ zone, so that's that's basically a restriction on what types of vehicles you can drive into certain parts of cities. Okay. So I think it's currently in Bristol and uh, Birmingham and potentially Oxford too, I'm not too sure. Is this the cleaner, the cleaner zone type thing? Is that... Yeah. So at the moment, it covers a very small-ish area, like outside the, capi- outside the capital, like outside the congestion zone, which is like the very, very centre bit. Uh, however, in August 2023, this is going to now cover the entirety of London. Wow. Um, so every single borough that's inside the, tw- the M25 motorway. So the M25, for those who don't know, run around a big circle around London. Um, and everything within it is basically, yeah, that's that's what it's going to cover. So, so the only area that this won't be affected by this will be the M25 motorway. So the motorway itself will be okay. That makes sense. Um, it's any areas within the north and south circular roads. It's essentially saying that you can only drive cars into the into that zone if it's a certain Euro, um, like five or six rating. That's, that's a, a classification on what type of emissions or how much emissions it pumps out. That You can still drive diesels, but diesels very new diesels can go in but if you drive in the, with a car that's not uh eligible you'll get charged twelve fifty a day so if you don't pay it'll get fined they are bringing missing in bradford up in um in west yorkshire as well that's <laughs> one of it yeah uh that's going to be an interesting one because it, it like aren't there some exceptions to that as well around commercial vehicles or like deliveries I, I, from what I understand, it gets very complicated. But look, my view is it's a good thing because we do want to stop. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? Because on the one hand, you want to stop pollution, you want to stop the emissions. On the other hand, what about people who can't afford mm-hmm. to go out and buy a, a you know, a, a newer car which doesn't have this, you know, which has less emissions? They're then getting penalised because they can't afford a newer car. Something doesn't add up there. Yeah, I've seen some mixed opinions on Twitter, to be honest. I read all the replies, well, not all of them, but I read quite a few replies to Sadiq's tweet the other day. Um, there, was, there was a lot of, it was very one or one or the other, basically. It was like, yes, this is good. No, this is bad. It was, there was no in between. So there is a scrappage scheme. So in the UK... In the UK, about 10 years ago, was it? I think there was a scrappage scheme. It means you, means you could... I'm not, I can't remember the exact details, but it means you could get a new car for whatever reason. Um, but there is there is going to be a scrappage scheme for this. It says they, they have £110 million in a pot, and people who live inside that larger zone can use that money to get a new car. That's actually compliant. And it says uh, for van drivers, they don't have to get a new vehicle. They can use them that money to change their car somehow um they haven't provided much detail but i don't know it's like do something to the vehicle that'll make it more compliant somehow um that's interesting okay uh so yeah yeah it's um there is there is some stats to say that it is a quite a good thing it says uh very recent data has shown that the ULA zone as it currently is has helped reduce the pollution levels by 44 percent in central london and 20 percent in inner london so uh, it isn't just 
something that is a money grab um, by the look of things. So this is no, this is ge- having a genuine impact, and that's that's awesome. Okay, having more schemes in place makes a lot of sense. And I think as we talked about in a previous episode, as we start to see more, um, shall we say, short haul. EV vehicle, vans, commercial vehicles come into the market mm. for, you know, your Royal, Royal Mail, DPD, um, things like that. These, you know, last mile delivery vehicles, that I think is going to help a lot too. Well, that reminds me actually, I haven't, I haven't done anything up for the interface on it, but I was watching a YouTube video yesterday, lunchtime, I think. Um, so have you seen, so Rivian in, the, in America, they're, um, uh, electric car maker, they make trucks and things. Uh, they, Amazon bought some of, some of Rivian a while ago. In the past three years, they've been developing this uh, electric van. So I was watching this video from a guy who delivers for Amazon in Seattle, which is near Amazon's headquarters, actually. Um, he has just been given a van, one of those new vans to drive. Um, and yeah, it's it looks amazing. It's all electric, 150 miles of range. It's It's been custom designed for an Amazon delivery driver uh, for last mile purposes, like you, like you say. So I'll, we'll put a link to that video because it's really interesting. He was like about half an hour, but he's going over all the features. Like, but everyone kept coming up to him and saying how cool it looks, and that's that's a great idea. Yeah, we need to see more of that. I mean, you know, I remember being up in genuinely being up in Scarborough, where our parents have a, a caravan, and the council up there seemed to be using all of the Nissan. I don't know what we call them, the Nissan EV vans, the little ones. Yep, which are all electric, which is again. Very cool to see. We need to see more of that. Definitely. So, yeah. Awesome. What else have we got in vehicle news? Because I'm looking through these notes and I'm realising we have a lot. <laughs> so, the new ID Buzz cargo. Uh, so, I think we talked about the ID Buzz the other last few shows. Mm. Uh, it's the Volkswagen's new electric van. So, it on the earlier in November, the very first ID Buzz cargo has been delivered to customers in Germany. It's not quite available in this country yet. You can order it, but it's not not ready yet. So VW started taking pre-orders for it six months ago, and uh, two gentlemen's uh, local entrepreneurs near their dealership they've they've got their first ID Buzz cargo, and they're going to be using it for um, delivering stuff. So it's great. It's a great great new electric van. So nice. I have to admit on my commentary on that one, ID Buzz. If I could drive, I'd love to. I I would love to take, you know, go, not going to lie, I'd love to get a couple of friends, hire an ID buzz, go on a little camping trip, and ID buzz actually do, you know, do that journey. Yeah. There's supposed to be, so at the moment, the ID buzz is available as a van and then a people carrier version. Um, There is supposed to be a people uh, camper van version coming in the latter half of this decade. So that's what they, that's their official thing they've said. Okay. Um, Which would be great because the, the camper van at the moment, there's certain things that can't run because the engine has to be running to, like to power stuff. But if you've got electric underneath, every, everything could in theory run. So, yeah, inverters are getting better. You know, I mean, the potential on that thing. Because look, you know, put solar panels on the top of it. Yeah, cool. All right, be awesome. So that's that's great. There's also some other van news. So, so I think we, I think, again, I think we spoke about it last time. Uh, but Ford and VW have done have partnered up and they're doing commercial vehicles together. Um, so the Ford e-Transit was announced last month, the month before. Uh, they've now done the, they've now announced the e-Tornio. So uh, for a while now, Ford have done Tornio versions of their vans. So these are these are more posh people carry versions. So it's now an electric. Uh, it's like a shuttle bus that you use to get between airports and things. Yeah. Um, so this is all the same features and range as the van version, 230 miles of range, but it's more tailored towards carrying people. So seating for six or seven people i think uh seating for six in the back plus two in the front and then all the all the seats can be turned around and folded and uh, there's isofix connectors for kids and stuff so that's gonna be great for uh, private hire taxis and things uh, like shuttle companies so that's awesome there's also yeah this was a weird one so as far as i understood it uh, vw are going to be replacing the golf with the id3 the ID3 was announced a few years ago. It's the same size as a Golf, but more space. For some weird reason, I'm not entirely sure why, the boss of VW has announced that there will be a Golf electric coming again. So before the ID range was announced, VW had a like an intermediate, like a stopgap car, the e-Golf. Uh, that was that was dropped. Um, so towards 27, sorry, 2027 or 2028, they're going to be announcing an ID Golf, uh, he, he suggested. I'm not entirely sure why it's something he said something to do with being um sort of having the older brand names 
I mean, I mean, golf, VW golf. I, I think particularly, mm, do you know what I could see? There is, I could see this being, what if it's the ID golf GTI? Because that, brand name that mm. golf gti is something somewhat iconic i mean i particularly here in in the uk it is your hot your mm-hmm. uh, i would almost say the gold standard in hot hatch oh yeah you know i remember so many of my friends like i want a golf gti um and i remember one friend bought <laughs> i kid you not had a regular golf and bought just for GTI letters and stuck them on the back. Like, why? But, yeah. I mean, golf, like, when you think of VW, you don't necessarily think of some of the other brand, the other model names. The name that jumps out at you is golf, not Passat, not, see, there you go. Like, they have other, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, Polo, Up. Yep. What's uh There's a lot of new SUVs they've got as well. Bora? The Bora. Yeah, it's been dropped here yeah, a long time ago actually. But yeah. <laughs> but you, you get my point is you don't instantly come yeah, yeah. thinking I know. Yeah, so maybe that's it. Yeah, he has mentioned so uh for the ID five, they were gonna do like a GTI spec one, the GTX. That's been already announced, it's already on sale. But he did say it says uh, we have iconic brand names, Golf and GTI. So it'd be crazy to let them die and step away. We will stick with the ID logic, but iconic model names will carry a name. So in the future, we could see an ID Golf for some. I'm not sure where it would fit in, but yeah, I thought that was a bit that was a bit odd to read that this week. Uh, we're on the EV. Uh, sorry, we're on the VW stuff. Uh, Skoda have now got a Enyaq IV VRS. So the VRS badge is like what GTI is to. Uh, VW. There, there hasn't been any VRS cars for a long time. I mean, the the Fabia had a VRS ages ago. That hasn't been available for a long time. The only one really is the Skoda Octavia. Um, that's just been available to VRS for a long time. Uh, so they've now announced the very first uh, electric VRS uh, models. This is an SUV, like all electric cars are at the moment. So it's uh, seven seven seater, three hundred horsepower, fast charging, three hundred and ten miles of range. It's got uh, you can get it in nice bright green with black accents make it a little more sporty uh, but it's about 54 grand 52 uh so yeah that's that's quite interesting that's called the eniac en- eniac yeah what's the name of one of the <laughs> early computers <laughs> i need to ch- i will uh, i think i'm right on that one i will double check that for the show notes and um, make a little note anyway yeah so in terms of electric sports cars there hasn't been many there's been the tesla roadster which um it's not even here yet. The the only other one I I can really think of is the uh, MG MG announced a while ago. They're going to be making an MG Cyberstar. It's called. So it's going to be a, like a, a hark back to the original TF from the nineties. Uh, that isn't here yet. It's going to be launched next year. But Mazda has also joined. Mazda have been quite slow on EVs. Um, the only one they've got is an EX. What's it called? MX thirty. And from what I can understand from the, the automotive press, that it's not great. Um, so they've been a bit far behind, but they've announced that they're going to be investing nine billion euro, uh, nine billion pounds into new electric vehicles. And in this, in a promotional vid- video, they had uh, MX Five that would probably be uh, electric. So yeah, it's, MX Five for Mazda is probably one of their most famous models. Uh, when you think of a small, cheap sports car, you think of an MX Five. Well, I do anyway. So by twenty twenty eight, Mazda have said they're going to be launching a lot, a lot of new cars. Uh, with all their models will have electric versions by 2028, which is pretty pretty good going. Um, considering they haven't really, they've only got one so far. I mean they've they've been they've been left behind really by even uh, they've left, been left behind from by MG, Kia, Hyundai. Um, they've all they've all all three of those are left left Mazda behind unfortunately. So so we spoke last month about the Volvo EX90. Um, it was it was launched. So they've launched it now. Uh, it's it's not on sale yet, uh, but it's a it, like what like what we thought. It's a XC90 um, electric version, essentially different name. Three hundred and sixty miles of range. That's massive amount of range. A lot of power. Uh, dual motors. Very t- uh, very tech heavy inside. Five G uh, connectivity for all the self driving stuff. Charging speeds. Are, charging speeds are huge. Uh, Two hundred fifty kilowatt hours. So you can charge um, the battery pack is 111 kilowatt hours, and you can charge that pack in half an hour, um, which is mad. 
Do many charges even support that? The only charges I know uh, are grid serve. So at, at Braintree, oh, um, they've got that electric forecourt. Oh yeah, in in Essex. Uh, as far as I know, they're really the only ones that support that speed at the moment. Uh, they were they were very good to sort of adopt new technology, not just cheap out on stuff um, when they built that place. So uh, yeah, but it is expensive. It's probably one of the most most expensive Volvos there has been ever. It's a hundred grand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it also it's it's a bit interesting because it's going to run Google's OS for Volvo. So I think Ford have done it so far, and so is um. Polestar, which is obviously a sub-brand, uh, they've, they have got opted to not do stuff in-house anymore and get Google to make the underlying OS for the, for the car's entertainment. That's interesting. Because on a very, you know, sort of if we speak about that, um, on an aside, I genuinely think that's where Apple are heading yeah. with the car thing. I, I could see an Apple car, but I think it's more likely that they will be making software for EVs. I think the stuff that we've seen for the next gen of CarPlay, that was, was that, that was previewed early this year, wasn't it? Yeah, June. Yeah. June at WWDC. That's a, and that's the sort of thing we're talking about, where it's not just, oh, here's your little CarPlay thing, that's or, or uh, Google, is it Auto? Android Auto, we call it? Yep, that's it. It's not just confined to the infotainment system. It becomes a whole car OS. Yeah, it'd be, be quite good because there's a there's lots of bits of the car which aren't yeah some some cars that even the expensive ones their their software systems aren't amazing especially VW which their software is not good at the moment so next thing it's not technically EV stuff but it is quite UK road centric um, there was a recent survey from a company called Yonder which which surveyed twelve thousand UK drivers. Uh, and it was determined from that survey that one in three of them felt that cyclists should be banned from using roads. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, and instead using cycle pass instead. Uh, also, one in three also felt that too much funding is being put into cycling infrastructure. Okay. I Wow. Now, this is an interesting one because we've got me who I'm, I would say, very much pedestrian. I can ride a bike, just for reference. I don't ride a bike in Bournemouth, apart from maybe on my seafront, but even at the moment, I don't want my seafront because it's full of sand on the, on the promenade, literally because of all the storms we've <laughs> yeah. had. It, yeah. It's just piled up. But I don't ride a bike in Bournemouth because it's not safe to do so, certainly for someone with my setup. But, you know, if we actually had investment in proper... Two, oh, I, I'm torn on this one because I see cyclists be morons on the road and it's not all cyclists uh-huh. but the because of that what you then find is cyclists are then on the pavements zooming past you i mean let's not even get started on e-scooters which yeah i, I know we've talked i think we've talked about this before but e-scooters by law in this country are illegal on public land caveat unless you are the likes of uh, Beryl, Lime, or whoever else, and you've done a deal with the local authorities. I don't quite understand how that works. No. But I think we do need... It's an interesting one. I, I would really value your take here uh, as a motorist. So where I live, I live in the countryside, and there aren't many... Um, well, there aren't any cycling lanes, really. There's only... In the the nearest city to me, there, there's a few, but it's not, it's not very well um, looked after. Uh, the, yeah, they especially on country roads, they do get in the way quite a bit. So I can see why this was brought up. So this, the survey itself was for a panorama show on BBC. Uh, so it was okay. conducted before the show. So there's a, there's a show called Road Raid Cars versus Bikes. Um, so it's a half an hour episode looking at the opinions between cyclists and road users. It, 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 also from that survey, it, came, it said that 7 in 10 said that cyclists should need insurance to ride on the road. Yeah. No, no, I mean... It's an interesting one. I can't, for example, take an EV, uh, take an electric scooter out, even on even on a promenade, because you need a driving license. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Now I have to question, and this is it. You know, if anyone from Beryl's listening, can you tell me how you're verifying that? Because I can guarantee you that I have seen youths. I'm sounding really old and grumpy here, <laughs> who riding two up, which is dangerous. I've seen. You know, and they definitely don't have driving licenses or have mummy and daddy put driving license into app. 
Uh, I'm just going to make one statement here. Electric scooters can be incredibly dangerous. They are not toys. Stop putting your three-year-old children on the front of a scooter as you're riding down the promenade. It is dangerous. You are going to kill someone. There was an accident at the Air Festival, not the, this last year, the year before, where a, a four-year-old kid got knocked and had to down and had to be taken to hospital because of an e-scooter. Jeez. They are wonderful things, but yeah, I, I, I'm starting to come around to the whole. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramp, but I don't know. I think should you have to have some sort of certification to say yes, you are safe to ride on public roads? I yeah, because motorists do, drivers do, yeah, and. Oh, we could get into a whole rant about road road safety and road codes. Like, you know, please, folks, don't park across pedestrian crossings. If the traffic's... I think that's against the traffic code. It is. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. The number of times I see it around where I live, oh, I'm having a proper rant here. Alex, get me out of this rant, please, because we're going to be here all day if we're too. <laughs> um, so the, there was some other stuff. So uh, the Voxel Astra uh, has been... So there was supposed to be an electric version coming soon. There is some more information about it. It's going to come out in the summer. Uh, and it's going to have the same range as most of the Stellantis electric cars. So I think last month, Vauxhall announced a new Corsa, like an updated version of the Corsa, and it had a lot more range. Uh, so it looks like the, the group is, is using the same platform a lot, a lot under car. Uh, sorry. Using the same platform on a lot of their cars now, like the Jeep, Avenger, Peugeot 408. Uh, all that sort of thing. So the Astra is going to have a 258 mile range when it launches in summer, which is actually quite good. It's not bad, no. It's a nice looking car. I saw one of the petrol ones out and about the other day. It's it's pretty decent. So Vox was aiming to have uh, Vox was aiming to only sell pure EVs by 2028, which is ahead of the target. And it is using that new EMP2 platform that's using the 308, 408, and Corsa. So price is expected to be from 28,500 pounds, uh, which is pretty good really yeah uh it's got a lot of kit as standard um it's gonna have 18 inch wheels uh no exhaust pipes obviously because i've noticed some electric cars actually have exhaust pipes but fake ones which is a bit odd but anyway <laughs> do they vape do you put vape cartridges into a car <laughs> <laughs> no. it's yeah it's a good range 54 kilowatt hour battery fast again most electric cars now are having this 100 kilowatt hour dc charging which gives you uh, 30 minute from 0 to 80, which is, which is fantastic. Cause if people are going to p- complain about one thing about buying one, it's the charging times. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of new cars having that fast charging standard now, which is good. Yeah. Both, uh, it's going to be available both as, a, as an estate and a hatchback, which is, this is now the second, uh, electric car estate. The other one is the MG5. So this is now, that, that was the, for a long time, that's the only car that's been available as an estate EV. So this is now going to be, I'm glad to see that because I like estate cars. Um, there's too many SUVs that are EVs, so that's, that's good. But yeah, it's it's a little bit more heavy than the Corsa, which is expected. It's going to have a lot of tech inside, two 10-inch screens. It's going to have that new visor design on the on the, on the the uh, grill, which is, looks quite sleek. Uh, so available from June next year. So Nice. And again, Astra is somewhat of another, one of us sort of U- UK iconic... Mm-hmm mid-sized car models it, it it does carry a certain yeah yeah recognition with it yeah i've seen less about lately because everyone's buying SUVs, but they're still i think they must still sell because they're making a new one so absolutely uh we've got a few more bits and pieces so okay so this was announced shortly after we started re- after we recorded the last episode of the show so the fiesta uh is being dropped from sale uh, in next year. So in Europe and the UK, the Fiesta is still available. In the, in the US, it was dropped ages ago. Um, but it's been dropped from sale in favor of EVs going forward, basically. It's not popular. They're not selling enough. It's been in sale for nearly 50 years. They're going to prioritize EVs, uh, going forward. So to replace the Fiesta, there'll be a Puma EV. So the Puma is that little SUV. So they're going to have an electric version out, uh, very soon. Um, but yeah, that's, there was a lot of fanfare that hit the mainstream media very quickly uh, when that was announced so it, it i'm not yeah. surprised i generally am not surprised because you know my fiesta definitely part of my childhood my mom had three fiestas yeah yeah they they bring back a lot of memories it, again because correct me if i'm wrong fiesta fiesta was the ford i say equivalent the ford yeah ford equivalent of a coarser sized car is that yep that's it so wow, okay, well, bye bye Fiesta. That's us. Yeah, 
I, I, I have to be honest, I'm not sure I like this trend towards EV, uh, EV, uh, of course I like the trend toward EV, trend toward SUVs. I, I'm not a fan of SUVs. No, not really. But, oh well, it is what it, it is. What it is. Hopefully more little tiny cars come out, because there, there is some, like the Honda E and the Corsa E, and there are still small cars that have been launched. They're expensive, but they are, they're out, they are out there, so. Yeah. Let's hope that continues, as you said. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, well, we, we, we mentioned the Cyber, MG Cyberster uh, well, just a few minutes ago about the MX-5. Uh, it's actually, that's been launched in April, that that car. So okay. um, there's like a 3D rendering of version that's in the post that I'll link. Um, but it, it is going to be, they released like a promo video, like a teaser image earlier in the summer. Um, but it's they've announced now it's going to have a range of 400, uh, sorry, 500 miles. Well, I'm not sure how they're going to do that. That's quite quite amazing. So 500 mile range, not to six in three seconds, and it's gonna it's gonna join their lineup of they've got basically all EVs on sale now. So apart from the MG3, all of their cars available as EVs. They've got the MG ZS, the MG5 Estate, and then the MG4 as well. The MG4 is like an ID3 compared to. Okay. Um, they've got some good stuff. There was some there was some talk a while ago about Chinese car companies that they weren't going to compete, but they're really. They are really hitting home with new cars, new brands, and yeah, uh, MG are one of them. So yeah, we've got one more bit of news. Uh, it's like hybrid, hybrid news for the Prius, the Prius or Prius. Uh, Prius, Prius been on sale in the UK for a very long time, 20 years, I think. Um, the new one isn't going to come here because again, we're buying too many EVs in this, uh, sorry, we're buying too many SUVs in this country. So the fifth generation Prius was announced in, oh, a few days ago, so seven or eight days ago. Uh, it's going to be available in 2023, but it will not come to the UK. It's only going to be available in, in Europe. So, oh, so it said Toyota will not be bringing the all new Prius to the UK due to demand issues. The company has said the UK is is making a clear transition to SUVs. That's a shame because I like you know jokes about the Prius and about who owns the Prius aside. I'd like that car, hmm. and I mean, let's be honest, it has stopped the fleets of a lot of UK taxi companies. Oh, yeah. Toyota has said they recognise that they are popular with fleets, and they've said that uh, for going forward, the Corolla Touring Estate is available as a plug-in hybrid. They said that will fill the... If people want a Toyota for their taxis and stuff, that will fill the gap. What's interesting, they have changed how it works. So the Prius has always been a traditional hybrid, so you don't charge it. You just... It, um, it sort of... Uh, regen, regen, and then it will charge itself uh, a little bit. So self, self-charging hybrid, basically, right? <sighs> yeah. Uh, but now it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a plug-in hybrid instead. Okay. But they've done some cool stuff. It looks a lot better. Uh, the old one wasn't the best-looking thing. But you mentioned earlier about solar panels on roofs. This one's got one. So the entire roof is a solar panel. And it says, if you leave, if you leave it just sitting there for a whole year, it will, it will charge um, 777 miles for free off, off the sun if you just left it there for a year. So if you add that over, over the year, you'll get a bit of extra charge. Yeah, that's pretty that's a cool concept. Obviously, being plug-in hybrid means it, it can do that. Yeah, it's a shame that's not coming to the UK. That's, that's a real shame. Yeah, stop buying the SUVs, people. Let's have some actual nice, normal cars. Yeah, that's everything, I think. There is a few bits and pieces, but that's, that's everything, I think. Do you have a test drive for this month? I do. It's my last one that I've got... Uh, in the queue, basically. Uh, this one, this one I did. So this test drive I did in October last year. So it's a, it's a while ago. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, and that was of the that was for the Corsair. That one. Oh, okay. So ironically, we've been talking about that sort of size car. So yeah. So and and it, just before we kick into that, this is still on sale as it stands right now. You can still buy a Corsair E that, that you've driven. Yeah, the one I drove, uh, the new one's better than the one I drove. Uh, that's got more range um but yeah it's pretty much the same car yeah so the, the course for itself it's one of those like unassuming cars um it doesn't look like an electric car there's not much on it to show it's electric car, which is some people like that overall i did like the car uh it had very good range and it was very quick as well i mean it was it was surprising it, it, it even got a f- floored out of a junction it got wheel spin which <laughs> is quite funny uh like quite a bit <laughs> So yeah, there's all that torque going to the front wheels. It's um, it's good fun. Again, good range. The the one I drove had 220 miles of range. The new one's got 260. Uh, so they've have they have been quite a big difference in the range. Prices when I drove the car, uh, it was from 24, 25 grand with the government grant. However, as of June 2021, that's been scrapped. Uh, so the the car costs from 30,000 now, which is quite a big 
big jump in price. Uh, a lot of good features. The base model has a smaller screen than the the um the more expensive version. Uh, so it has CarPlay, Android Auto. Um, there is DC charging. So I charged it when I borrowed it a couple of times. But it has the fast charging. So that's quite nice. I would say the interior is not the best quality. Um, I mean, Vauxhall's never been the most premium car company, but for the price you pay, uh, it is quite a. It's not the most premium premium experience for the money you could you could get a lot better. I think uh, like the the car I drove a few months ago, you could get the Honda E. Um, again, less range, but a lot nicer interior. Uh, the most comparable thing I can compare it to is probably the ID three for range. However, the ID three is eight grand more. Right. Um, so, but the the most comparable thing again is probably the probably now the MG four, which I'm hoping to drive soon. That is such a good value car. It's got more range than this. 300 miles of range is 25 grand. Um, it's got a seven year warranty on it. So, but the the Corsair was the first electric car I drove, which is yeah it, about a year ago. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't feel the most premium vehicle. But it, again, it was very good fun to drive. It had a regen B mode, so you could knock it into B. That'd be like your brake, and you could knock it out of B and back into D. Um, to you could sort of manually control the the, the um, regen, which was really cool. That is a really handy feature, yeah. It was a good car. Yeah, the seats seats are com- comfortable. It's got climate control, again, CarPlay and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's there are there are better cars out there for the money. But it's okay. So, and that seems to be a bit of a running theme with a lot of car EV cars at the moment. Is there's a lot on the market, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's quite hard to choose because they're all they're all quite expensive, and certainly the smaller stuff doesn't have the range. Yeah, I don't get it. Like the the cost of petrol is like 19k, and the, the cost of electric is uh, 29 or 30. I don't understand where that 10 grand's going. It's mad. And we talked about that. Like, was it the Honda E? We uh, and it's still a valid point. Where, as you said, where is that going? Yeah, because I don't. I would love to know the production cost differences between a combustion engine and an EV platform. Surely. An EV platform's got to be cheaper because there's less parts? Yeah, there's, there's less moving parts. There's less complicated things to build. So Ages ago, I was watching a video from Robert Llewellyn. I can't for life remember when it was or what, what it was. But he was mentioning the price gap between cars that have combustion and electric versions. He was, I can't remember his outcome, but he was, he was arguing why they're so expensive um, for the differences. I think it might be in the course I think. Because uh, this was came out two years ago, I think. Okay. Um, it's it's weird. The only thing I could think of is there's two or three things. It's the R and D that they've done. So that's there's that. Uh, there's the lack of servicing um, that they're going to get get from oh. petrol cars because they don't really need servicing. They just need coolant, screen wash, and brake pads checking. That's literally it. That's an interesting point. So do you think they're trying to recoup? the servicing costs in the upfront. Yeah, maybe. But they're only they're only going to be able to get away with it for so long because the as I said, the MG four, that's going to shake up all the Western companies because I don't know how they've managed to make a car that I haven't driven it yet, but in the reviews I've watched, that a car that is that good to drive, that well built and with that warranty for that price. I don't know how they've done it. So well hopefully um by the time we do the next one I would have driven it but um, we shall see what what it's like. But awesome. So a little bit of a short one because you know the challenge I think you have, Alex, is obviously getting these cars because you're not, you know, you are most of these are just you going to showrooms. What just out of interest, uh, I don't know if you want to uh, tell uh, tell mm-hmm. the listeners what what have you because I think you mentioned something about you know you said I'm hoping to drive the MG4. Have you got anything sort of lined up for our next? Because I think our next episode, we might not have a test drive, something tells me. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, it, yeah, I'm not sure when I'm going to plan that one in. So it might, it might be that we don't have one next month. So That'd be interesting. But do you, have anything, do you have anything in the works? Do you have any cars that you're waiting on at the moment or hoping to, to drive? Uh, so far, um, just the MG4. That's the one I'm, that's what I'm hoping to drive. And potentially the Mustang Mackie as well. Oh, that's been out for a while, so... Maybe that one, so we shall see. That could be interesting. Silly question. I mean, because again, Miss Broadens asks, "Can you drive? Can you drive some of these vans?" I don't. Not being a driver, I don't know the license situation. Are you allowed to drive like any electric van? Yeah, most most of the stuff. I know the Tesla stuff is twenty five and over, which I am. 
the yeah the vans the so the the bit with the vans is the weight um so if you want to go for a really heavy vehicle you have to have a different license but most well nearly all normal vans uh, are not heavy enough to to have that problem so and we're not suggesting that Alex is going to be uh, testing the Cybertruck anytime soon. Not the Cybertruck, the um, the big one, the rig, the truck, the big... Oh, the semi. The semi. Yeah. The Tesla semi. We're not suggesting Alex is going to be test driving that anytime soon. No. I thought that would, that would be an amazing episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to wrap up, thank you, as, as always, Alex, for contributing so much. It's generally great to have the interface doing this with yourself as, as part of the interface because it means that we know we know all the stories. We've got, from from my point on production, it means I've, I don't have to go and search links or images. I literally take the show notes put the chapter links in put the images in by the way that's one advantage now folks of our new feed turns out substack we're stripping all our um, chapters and i uh, you know i, I think I, I don't know if i showed alex but i actually carefully went in and put images into every single chapter mm-hmm. in the production episodes you never got to see them until now so if you now look at the feed for charging status or indeed crosswise or show feed those chapters are restored and they will continue being there. But it means that, you know, I've got images, you know, um, the only thing I need to gripe at Alex about at some point is that all the images are WebP uh, on his WordPress ah. site. Uh, and I have to convert <laughs> them to using Ferrite. Well, that's more of a Ferrite issue, I think. So we'll see version three fixes that. But the point I going to make is, folks, you know, we want this to be a show where you contribute. We are in the process of, of as crossed wires, getting our discord ready for launch and we will absolutely have a charging status slash ev section in there but do send us your feedback podcast at chargingstatus.net you can leave a comment on the post and i believe charging status is now in good pods i will make sure that's the case if it isn't already um and you can start a discussion there we'd love to hear from you any closing thoughts from yourself alex no it's it's all good there's a lot of stuff Uh, again as i said at the start there's i'm always a little bit hesitant that there's gonna be enough news but there's always way too much <laughs> which is which is hilarious so i don't think we're gonna see any slowdown in news anytime soon it's uh there's always there's always stuff happening so oh a live update um jay uh who's in backstage has confirmed uh yep yeah, uh charging status is in good pods we made sure that was done so Ooh. yeah so but yeah good pods is a great place to have a discussion because being really honest, if you just, let's just be really honest about this, you start a discussion in Good Pods, it actually helps promote our shows. So if you do have Good Pods, even if you don't use it as your primary podcast player, it is a really good podcast player. But I know, I know you, I know you've used Good Pods. I've seen stuff come from you for for Cross Wires, yeah, and. It is a, you know, they're trying to do something cool. Uh, but yeah, we're in so many directories. Again, Jay really did a good job on that. And um, we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming. So do check it out. Thank you so much. If you find our content valuable, please do head over to co-fi.com forward slash crosswires and drop us a little tip. Any amount is appreciated. You know, uh, if you want to donate a Tesla, that, that'd be great. Alex would, I'm sure, appreciate that. Wait, no. Can we not? <laughs> hang on. Legal? Are we allowed to ask for Teslas? No. Okay. What do you, what do you mean we have to settle for a course at E? Okay, fine. All right. All right. Fine. Legal, legal, are, tell, legal are telling me we can't accept a Tesla. Okay, fine. Oh. Uh, you know, and I am the legal department, so I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> all right. I'm not bombshell. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Take care. 